Jonathan, I'm fed up. I'm so fed up with my car right now. You don't even know. <laughs> I'm like stretching my eyes out right in front of you. There's too bad there's no video for this podcast. It's the classic Isaac frustration. My, my visual frustration is so potent. Uh, you know, I think I'm making Jonathan ill when he's looking at me. That's how frustrated my car, Jonathan, is if you don't know, is just a lovely 2006 Hyundai Tiburon GT. Uh, it's one of it just looks like a pile of trash. It really does. Um, it's got the clear coat falling off, and the alternator failed about two weeks ago. Yeah, you told me about that. You fixed it though, yeah. Yes. So uh, about a day ago, we've um, <laughs> Austin, who's been on the podcast and works a lot on cars, uh, came over and helped me switch it. The alternator was under like the engine, and we had to take off the passenger side wheel and yep. move the axle. It yeah. was just a nightmare, okay, to do. It was the yeah. worst. And then when we tried to <laughs> jump it, we ended up accidentally putting the positive and negative cables the wrong way, blew a fuse and destroyed the battery. So <laughs> I had to go buy that. I had to go buy a new battery, you know. It's um, marked on the battery. How do you it, do that? And you know what, Jonathan? It it was it was late at oh, night. It was okay, like it was like okay. nine thirty. And oh, it was so, dark. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay. okay so I got you. We I mean we worked so hard to do it and now it's just like this stupid red car is just sitting in my driveway sucking away my money i think you know it's time to put the shark down by the way tiburon that's what that's it means shark in spanish oh oh so, it's, your car is a shark yeah that's it's, that's it's the name eating up all your money yeah that's what it's doing it's a money shark money shark it's just like shark tank you know and yeah, it's sure so you know being an economist or almost an economist because i'm almost graduated jonathan i've derived the perfect formula for car ownership this yeah. is my thought okay uh-huh. and, I, and you're gonna have to see if you support this okay you buy a brand new car, and you drive an old car. I already so, disagree with you, but continue. So this is my theory. If you have a brand new car that always operates really well, that's like your daily driver. And then you have an old car as a backup that's also like super cheap to repair, runs and works all the time. And it's like, then you have like the old and trusty and the new and semi-reliable until it breaks and the computer needs to be repaired by like some technician in a shop. Do you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> so you, you've kind of, you know, broadened your spectrum. You have, you have something that you can fix on your own that's cheap and reliable. And then you also have, you know, this new car. And, and this theory works perfectly if you have unlimited money, which as a college student, I'm so poor, you know, like car trouble is just the bane of my existence, Jonathan. So I mean, sure. I've been thinking about it, I guess you could say. Well, see, I think you should just get two older cars. And then you can fix them while the other one's broken. So while one of them's driving and working and the other one's broken, you're fixing the one that's broken. And because they're both cheap to fix, all you have to do is have two cars that are easy to fix, that are cheap, that are reliable once you fix them. New pitch for this uh, formula, Jonathan. You own two old cars that are the exact same car. <laughs> yes, that they're the exact same car. <laughs> they're just different colors. They so can then, swap parts out. And then you know how to fix them because if you fix something on one, you know how to fix it on the other because they're the same. And you'll never have a life, okay? Every weekend you're working on your car and it's just misery, pure misery. Well, like that's what I was, I was telling somebody because I've done a lot of work on my car. He's like, uh, oh, so you've learned a lot about cars now. And I'm like, well, I know a lot about my car. A 2001 Mazda. 2001 Mazda 626, 2.0 liter stick shift, five speed. 
Wow. Because I've taken apart the transmission and put it back together, replacing a shift fork. I've replaced all the fluid lines in there. True baller. And you're just it's the a, axles and so many your things. Your garage is practically like a, a booster shop, you know? You've just completely <laughs> tricked out the Mazda, you know? No, now it's broken again. I need to replace... <laughs> You need two Mazdas. You need two 2001 Mazdas. I need Mazdas. two 2001 Mazdas so I can fix this one while I'm driving the other one. Well, you know what they say. Two is always better than one, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 81 of Everything Comes From Something. My name is Isaac Ransom. And my name is Jonathan Adam. And Jonathan is a friend. And today we're talking about friendship. That's where my transition came from. That's you know, convenient. Two, two friends. Talking about friendship. Talking about friendship. I know we've done an episode on friendship before. But Jonathan and I, I mean, it would be a sin or a crime to not talk about friendship with Jonathan on the show because Jonathan, I've mentioned him before on air. He has been my buddy since second grade, uh, even if our friendship started on a weird, forced, arranged marriage, I guess you could say. That was interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess we could just sort of start there. Um, sure. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to let you know. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. Throw a couple bucks our way, get access to questions on the air, an exclusive show every month, and or a producer position, which all three of those positions are fulfilled by our Patreon community, which is massive. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not that huge. Um <laughs> And none of our patrons seem to want to be involved. They just enjoy the show. So if you want to throw dollars and get nothing out of it, you can do that. But you can also get access to all those exclusive things. And since, you know, if you're the only one doing that, you're probably going to get a lot of attention. That's that's my main pitch for it. Or if you don't have any money like me, you can just listen to the show. It then... doesn't help that a majority of my <laughs> listeners are in college. You know, they, they don't have a ton of money. But nevertheless, uh, if you don't have money... We appreciate you still. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Tell friends and family. That's how the podcast grows. We love you all no matter what, even if you're a freeloader. Even if you're a hater, keep listening. Uh, every stream counts, you know. <laughs> We're starving out here. Not going to lie. But yeah, that's that's all my shilling for myself. Um, I also do have a question from this weird guy. I think he was on the last episode. What, what's his name? His name was Will, Will Smith? Tim, uh, I think it's Tim Smith. Tim Smith. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I know about this human is that I have no respect for him. Okay, like I just he still have the long hair. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> you know, my mom calls him Jesus Tim Smith. Jesus Tim. She's Smith. like, who? Your Jesus oh, friend? Goodness. Who's the one that's a Jesus friend? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tim was on the show last week. If you want to hear about indie music, you can listen to that episode. I actually like that one. Thank you, Jonathan. We had fun recording it. So, because, you know, Tim is homeless, he can't support the show, you know, he's living out in the streets, we still ask him to submit, you know, he submits questions whether I ask or not. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, he's a yeah. mega fan, all right? Um, <laughs> it's not like I sent him a text saying, uh, give me a question <laughs> delivered at 2.35 p.m. on Saturday. I didn't do that. You know, he just, he sent me a question. He just spontaneously sent yeah, you yeah. questions. Yeah, he didn't send me a question at 2.36, one minute right after I Perfect. sent that. Yeah, you know. Uh, this is his question, and the reason we're reading his question, even though he's not a patron supporter, is because none of our patrons ask questions. Uh, so. And I'm the only other person who asks questions. Yeah, Jonathan does sometimes. Here's the question. He said, and I want to know your answer to you, Jonathan. Okay. If you could ban any late night comedian host, who would you choose and why? I actually only know one late night comedian host. I, you know, I think this question is outdated, Tim. You know, who who watches late night comedy? I mean, you're listening to the future of of uh, 
of hosting. Yeah, of podcasting. Yeah, it's podcasting the new, is the new it's the new late night comedian hosting. I own the only one I know of by name. I know there's that guy who does the karaoke, but he actually doesn't. He doesn't actually drive his car. That was like big on Twitter a couple of days ago. I don't know who that is. He does like the karaoke in the car with the stars, but then like with like the famous people and they'll sing as he drives, but he's actually not driving. He's like getting towed and he's like fake driving. I am. I'm like, my brain is really, really pinching to get some names. These are the names I can think of. Uh, Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, I think. Uh, Shoot. Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. Those are the four that I can think of. And James Corden. That's the guy who did the, did the fake thing. Oh, yes, yes. All You know, all of them, I think. But actually, you know, to be real, Jimmy Kimmel, I think, is probably the best one. He's pretty entertaining. The reason I like Jimmy is because he's, he's like, constantly giggling at himself, Yeah, I think. And he seems, like, super giddy the whole time. Uh, his show seems just more fun. I feel like he's oh and my and my other favorite Eric Andre uh one of my favorite comedians uh late night comedians his whole show is the worst show uh if you hate (laughs) late night comedy you should go watch the Eric Andre show Uh, extremely inappropriate do not watch it at work um but man every episode ends with his desk being flipped over and chopped in half and people screaming it Uh, makes no sense the whole show makes no sense that sounds terrible and the <laughs> i can't even keep a straight face i'm laughing too hard the band that plays live with him yeah. is just it's just awful it's they just like, like the, pull like people off the street to just, play in the band i think so it's, just, <laughs> it's the worst music you've heard it's really bad um jonathan i'll show you a clip afterwards yeah, yeah. Here, here's the thing <clears throat> who who am i thinking of stephen colbert i find beyond annoying i don't know why he just looks like your like dad. He looks like a dad. He's like, well, son, I'm going to tell you about the news, and I'm going to infuse my political opinions in comedy. And which, sometimes that's interesting. Which is interesting sometimes, but when it's coming from a dad, you know, it's like, come on, dad, shut up. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's kind of how I yeah. feel about it. So yeah. for me, he he's obnoxious. Um, my recommendation would be Eric Andre, because who cares about late night comedy? That's, that's my thing. <laughs> who cares? I thought it was who's the one that you're going to get rid of. I know. Well, I'm going to put my recommendation. Uh, the, okay. the worst late night comedy show uh, on Adult Swim, uh, Eric Andre. <laughs> that, that would be my choice. And ban the one that uh, looks like a dad. That's that's my p- opinion. Yeah. I don't really have an opinion because I don't watch them at all. So I don't. Well, like, that too. Know I, enough. I don't know I enough to like to like do anything about it. True that. Yeah. Well, uh, th- this episode is not about late night comedy because nobody, nobody sucked, watches him. You know, late night comedy is just competition for this podcast. You know, we, we are going up against the big guys with this show. Okay. We're going to win. That's right. You know, who's going to be here in, in 50 years? Everything comes from something or uh, Stephen Colbert. Am I right? You know, we're still going to be here. Well, he's going to be dead. And we might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Friendship. Here we go, Jonathan. All right. So why is friendship relevant with a show? Featuring Jonathan Adam. Jonathan Adam, uh, as I mentioned, I've known since second grade. And why did we become friends? Because our Christian moms found each other as Christian moms and said, we'll put our little Christian boys together and they'll be friends and they have to like it. Yeah, pretty much. I like, I didn't really have an opinion on most people back in second grade. Like I wasn't like, oh, these guys are cool. I'm going to go hang out with them. 
I was just kind of stuck places by my mom, and then I hung out with whoever was there, and then she stuck me with Isaac a couple times. Yeah, what'd you think of hanging out with me early on? I don't really remember that much. I remember um, going into your TV room, and we would play Super Smash Brothers, and I didn't know how to play. And so I would just pick characters that I thought had cool moves, and then I would do them over and over and over and over again, and I would always lose. But it was still fun. That's why you're a Zelda main, Jonathan. That's why. I don't... (laughs) You just spam B. That's it. Well, it's okay. Who's the better Smash player now? Probably you, Jonathan. Depends on your game. Ew, Jonathan. Okay, true. Melee, Melee, Jonathan will destroy me because he's disgusting. Because I actually play it. Who plays Melee? You know, only the weird people play Melee. And uh, yeah, you know, if it was Smash 5, I think I stand a chance. Yeah, I'm not that great at that game. By the way, my Switch is right over there. I got Skyrim on it. You got Skyrim on the Switch? It's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I know uh, Darren is listening to the show, and (laughs) and Darren knows that I'm not a huge fan of Skyrim, but I will say there is something more magical about playing Skyrim on the Switch. If you can be on the pot, you know, pooping, playing Skyrim. Skyrim, You're going to sit there forever, though. Yeah, I got to say, you know, my poop breaks have been a lot longer. I just grab that, you know. I actually poop all over my really, Nintendo Switch. I really like Skyrim. Skyrim is so much fun. I know. John- I have like two characters that I've leveled up quite a bit. It's a good time. The, you know what I like about the Switch version of it is it's so easy to quick save. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it auto saves all the time. Yeah. So it's like my well, biggest complaint when I played Skyrim originally on the PlayStation 3, the worst port of the game. It never saves on console. It, like I would spend 45 <laughs> minutes playing the game and then... I didn't save because I was dumb and I lost mm-hmm. all that progress. I was like, I yeah. hate this game. Like, I just hated it. Yeah, you have to play on PC and then set your autosave settings. So that way it uh, saves when you want it to. I know. So I missed out, <laughs> but now I'm playing it on the Switch and I think it's the perfect platform if uh, for it. Like, it's just... The graphics are okay on it? Jonathan, I'll show it to you afterwards. It's great. Okay. Okay. It's super great. That's the only thing I was worried about. Yeah. No, no. It looks, <laughs> it looks solid. I mean, the game's old, dude. It's 2011. That's nine years old. The Switch can handle it. Yeah. It's fine. That's so, good. Nevertheless... Yeah, so we used to play a lot of video games together, but in was, second grade... That was pretty much all I did. Like, I came over and I played video games with you. And we played, like, Nerf guns. And Legos. And Legos. Legos were huge. You always had... So, what I remember from early years of elementary school hanging out with you is I would always come over to your house and you always had more stuff than I had. Like, you had more Legos. little kid. You had more video games. You had more Nerf guns. You had the you had the cool stuff. Yeah. Like, coming over here, you had all the cool stuff. I was a lucky kid. You know, I remember when I was young, my Aunt Amy <laughs> would... She just... She spoiled me so much. And, and my parents spoiled me, too. Like, birthdays, I'd get tons of Legos. And then the other reason that I had so much stuff is because I had a brother. Yeah, uh, and we shared the same room, so my brother and I would actually, you know, collaborate together for birthdays. We would sit down and say, "Okay, Glenn, what what set do you want? Like, what Lego set do you want?" You know, and I would completely, you know, manipulate him into picking the sets that I wanted because well, you know that's just what brothers do. And Glenn would do the same thing for my birthday. He'd say, "Dude, please, you know, ask for Mario Kart, you know, <laughs> Mario Kart Double Dash. Please ask for that one." And so, best Mario Kart game, by the way, it's really good. Yeah. And so I would put, the, I we would kind of decide together what we would get. And I think that because of that, it was like double the presence year round. See, like me and my brothers, I have two younger brothers as well, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, we would war 
over who owned which Legos. <laughs> so like the Legos were mine and they were mine. Yeah. And, like we didn't collaborate at all. And then we'd like trade our Lego sets. Right. So like you would have like one that I would have one that you wanted and you would have one that I wanted. Or maybe you didn't have one that I wanted, but I just wanted something new. And then we'd swap. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just like destroy whatever you had and rebuild it into something new. But like we never collaborated on what our I, Legos. What I noticed is like my brother and I were very meticulous <laughs> about our Lego design. Yeah. Like I was the collector and Glenn was the creative. Yeah. So I was very into organizing, putting together, like we were weird kids. I'm not going to lie. Like I was really into <laughs> building the minifigures and collecting the minifigures, yeah. but then also like piece uh, collection. So I'd be like, okay, Glenn is building something like gray. Uh, he needs lots of gray parts. So I would go out and find a bunch of gray parts and I'd build, I'd usually be in charge of designing cars or smaller structures in part of the Legos. Yeah. And then Glenn would build the large structure. I mean, over in my closet, Jonathan, you can legit see like some of these large, like he, oh, yeah, yeah. my brother built like Riverdale over there from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I would sit there and just collect R- Rivendale, Rivendale, not Riverdale, whatever. That's is. a show. Right. Um, I just started watching Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> this is good movies. Um, oh, yeah, cause I had all your discs. That's right. Yeah. So I collected all the pieces for him <laughs> and he would start creating and designing. And so it was like the more the merrier, right? Mm-hmm. The more parts we had, the better yeah. we could build stuff together. And so the, it's just a different environment. And also I remember that my brother was more of the saver amongst us because we would get yeah. like two dollars a week or something for chores my parents were like i knew i knew some kids that got like 20 bucks a yeah week for, for sure doing, i never doing got chores. That. i was like what the heck no my parents were like okay fine we buckled to the pressure of our kids two dollars a week so i would like every six weeks be and have enough to afford like the 10 to 15 dollar lego set and i'd buy it they're not 10 to 15 dollars anymore though. yeah it's such, but i'd always so get bad. i'd always get like the smaller packs that were like okay you know this one has like five stormtroopers in it and that was the pack that i got so i got a lot of minifigures that was like my thing my brother on the other hand would save up for like i don't know 40 weeks on end almost the whole year and then buy like a huge set at the end of the year and i was like dang dude but it you know we were all sharing so it was the more the merrier for us right but yeah. nevertheless jonathan what i was going to say mention about the reason i brought up my brother and i's like strange lego uh, dem- democracy or whatever it is, our strange Lego system. economy, right? Economy uh, yeah. is because your Lego system was very different than mine. When I came over to your house, Jonathan would open up his um, <laughs> cabinet and say, "Look at my army." Yes, look at I my Lego. The, army. I had the army, and it the would Lego be it army. would be like these minifigures lined up. Like, I still have them all lined up. On oh yeah, sheet. they were ready to fight, and I was like, "This is so weird." But now that you've explained your the system that you worked with your brothers, it was like it was a war, you know? Yeah. Who owned what? Well, and, my guys are lined up, ready to go. You and know? who had the the cooler ships that could beat the other people's ships? Oh yeah, that was that was the most important thing. So if you traded your pieces away for like something that was really good, like the the peace economy that we had was like. If you had the good minifigures or like, um, I remember there were these, do you remember those little backpack pieces Yep. that you could put on like the heads Yep. yep. and then it had that little chunk on the back. Those were like the most valuable pieces. Cause then you could put a whole <laughs> backpack on your dude right, and right. make him like some super powered like guy. Yeah. So like if you had a bunch of those little backpack pieces, dude, you were like 
rolling. That was like the you had the top the economy. What I knew about you, Jonathan, is that you always had the better Bionicles. I think. Yeah, like those I, things were cool. I had Bionicles. I wasn't as into them as you were, but you would build like these massive Bionicles. You just start connecting their bodies together and, and creating, you know, creating life. Jonathan, it was very strange. I had some really cool ones. I, you know, I think it was the the predecessor of why you got into chemistry. You know, no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> that's not why I got into chemistry. Jonathan has always wanted to create life, and so he will. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, our friendship, you know, Legos, video games, playing outside, uh, lots of Nerf gun fights. I think we were we were playing with Nerf guns all the way even through high school, John then. Yeah. Do they, you remember do you remember in high school the one the one Nerf gun fight? Mm-mm. Where I uh so I was uh at my house? Yeah, at your part, house. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think that was my senior year. I decided to throw <laughs> the, the most fun dude party I, I could think of, which involved lots of video games, lots of food. And the biggest Nerf war we could collaborate. Oh, and I yes. think it was like 18 guys or something like that. I think it was, yeah. Maybe, or we, I think or it was we like had 18 six, guns. Six on a team. Yeah. I think, or four four to six on a team. And we had two teams. We had a lot of guns. Yeah, we had a lot of guns. Each person had like two. And at least. it took place around this house, right? My house. <laughs> and so essentially the design of the map did not involve any of the interior. No. What it was is it was a... I actually thought it was pretty well planned out. It was pretty good. Uh, it was like a horseshoe shape where yeah. one side yard had a fence you could jump, but you weren't really supposed to. Yeah. And there was a flag on each side mm-hmm. of that fence, right? And then the rest of the war <laughs> took place like basically one team pushing the other side yard, the side alley. Yeah. They would push the other team out. And the way it worked is like it was a pretty clever design where it's like if you got shot, you were downed. Mm-hmm. And you had to crawl around till someone could tag you to get you up. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just stuck on your butt shooting bullets. Yeah. And and what 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 always happens in a Nerf war is you 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 empty your clip, and then it becomes like the Last of Us. And then it where, becomes who can collect the yeah, bullets the fastest. Then it just becomes these people running around hoarding bullets, and it yeah. becomes quite apocalyptic. That was a great party. But Jonathan, continue your story. What happened? Oh, so I was a uh, I was going to be a hero and get that flag, and. Uh, so I jumped the fence um, that you kind of weren't supposed to jump, but that like we had been like jumping up over, but not actually climbing over the whole time. Yeah. Um, to get like angles and shoot at people. Um, and then I like jumped off and like landed weird on in a bush in a bush. Um, <laughs> and then I got some pretty <laughs> nice scratches all on my throat. Jonathan's, and I still have scars from it. He still has a scar on his throat from that Nerf war. People ask me about my scars on my throat. It's like, oh, it was, yeah. That happened at the best party ever. I was playing in a Nerf war. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great That was a great time, though. Yeah. I, the, only, I only have the scars because I was on the acne medication that made my skin all super sensitive. Yeah. That's also the time that you got into that crash on Harwood, right? Yes, that's also the same time <laughs> that I did something else stupid. Jonathan was always more athletic than me, and you know he's got a cunning personality, I would say. Um, but you were very confident in doing extreme things, and most of the time you landed it. But the times that you didn't became quite gory, <laughs> I would say. Uh, you there's this yeah. large hill near our house, very steep. I would say it's famous <sighs> in the area. Everyone knows where it is. I just. It's very, it's very steep. I don't, I don't even know how to. What I've kind been, of angle would you say? 
it's, from the base it's to the top. Probably like between thirty-five and fifty. Yeah, degrees. It's, it's like like pretty steep. It's almost like you split your ninety-degree angle in half. It's getting pretty close to that at yeah. certain spots. Yeah. And Jonathan decided to ride a longboard down it. So I was just out randomly riding, <laughs> and like. Just was like, oh, I've seen people do this before. I've been riding my longboard for a couple months now. I could probably do that. And then just totally ate it so hard. <laughs> I, I'm because I wasn't there. How long did you slide down the hill, Jonathan? So I didn't actually slide for that long. Did you hit? Did you fall towards the base of the hill? No. So you know, it's like two hills, right? Yeah. So you go down one hill, uh-huh. and then you go up a little bit more, and then down the second part of the right. hill, and it's kind of like a like a graph shape. Yeah, it almost looks like a jump. Yeah, but it's not. Um, I bet you, I I feel like I've had dreams of cars flying off that smaller hill. I don't think you could. I don't think the angle's enough there. You probably could if you were going fast enough. Um, yeah, there's but, a stop sign at the top of the small hill. Yeah. That nobody really stops at. You should, but no <laughs> one does. Um. So anyways, I was at the, 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 the higher hill yeah. up near the horse corral is where I started down the hill. Um, and then I got about halfway down that hill to yeah. where that that first street comes into the side of the hill, uh-huh. um, and then I fell, um, and then there's like the, the they don't have gutters like right. for the, along the sidewalk because there's in a sidewalk it's just that little trough thing, mm-hmm. and I slid in the trough, Oof. all the way like like uh not that far maybe like ten feet. Yeah, I can't imagine you were like on a skateboard. You, you still <laughs> ten feet is a long way. You yeah, got pretty ripped up. Yeah. It's nasty. Like, uh, and then I had to, no one knew I was there because I was just out skating around and then I just decided to do this. <laughs> so uh, I had to get up and skate home before, like I had this thought in my mind and I probably told you this before, but I, I remember this very clearly where I was like, right now, like this is going to hurt real bad in like just a little bit yeah. because I've been in the situations before because I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm like, this is going to hurt real bad in just a little bit. I need to get home before my adrenaline wears off and this starts really hurting. Mm-hmm. So I just like, I got back on my skateboard and went back up that hill and then back down the small hill in the front of it. Right. Which I was super nervous doing because I had just fallen on a hill. And Why then I just... do that, Jonathan? And then I booked it home and made it home and just like started washing myself up in the bathroom when I called like I, I forget who I called either my mom or my dad to be like hey this looks because I didn't actually like check myself over I just like I got to get home as fast as I can like yeah. I just fell yeah this, this is going to be bad and so I just got home as quick as I could and then I started looking over it and I have this scar here still on my arm it's on his elbow yeah it's about the size of a quarter yeah um, and if you stacked three quarters on top of each other, it's about that deep. Yeah. Um, like tore all the skin layers off. Yeah. And like you could see the fat and everything. Ugh. It was a uh, pretty nasty. But like, this is telling a lot about your personality. John. Yeah. So now, now you guys know me a little better. Yeah. I, I like doing these things, and I like doing them safely. This was not one of the times when I did it safely. <laughs> You've learned your lesson a few times. Jonathan's an Eagle Scout, by the way. I am an Eagle Scout. So. Yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, kind of knowing all that. So the things that were wrong with that situation, I didn't tell anybody where I was going. I didn't wear the proper gear. I wasn't prepared for it, and I just decided to do it on the spur of the moment. Don't ever do that. 
That's a bad idea. No matter where you are, whether you know you're on a skateboard on a hill or you you are <laughs> in um, some weird nightclub on yeah. a Friday night, you know, don't make those decisions all at the same time. And I consider myself lucky for how bad I got hurt for that thing. Um, like I wasn't hurt too bad. I was just like in bed for about a week, healing up uh, my oozing wounds from road rate road rash um i didn't know you had to spend bedtime for it well i didn't have to stay in bed but if i moved it hurt so i just stayed in bed yeah um and so i, I wasn't like confined to my bed but it was easier to sit in yeah. bed and oh, yeah. not move um but like i didn't hit my head at all um and i wasn't wearing a helmet i know we were dumb back then well i just didn't wear a helmet when i was longboarding normally like, yeah, this we, is what I said. Like, well, I'm, I didn't I, either. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. Um, today, I bike. I go to San Jose State with Isaac, but we I never, never see yeah, him Yeah, we there. never see um, But I ride my bike down there, and I wear my helmet every time I ride my bike. Oh, yeah. All the way down to campus. You got to be safe. I, I remember as a high schooler being like, oh, look at those dummies wearing helmets. They look so dumb. And now today, I'm like, I got to buy a really expensive helmet if I ride my bike, you know? Like, it's so different. Like, <laughs> it just my perspective has changed rapidly. Yeah. I know we've been going on a tangent, but I think they're good tangents. Let's get back to our friendship, Jonathan, because we start in second grade. I remember because I was sort of forced to be friends with you, I didn't like you at first. That's true. And I was, for some, you know, I was a kid, you know, I was concerned about fitting in with popular kids. Jonathan, you never cared about that. You still don't care about it, and I, I love you for it. I was talking with one of our other friends earlier this morning um, at coffee, and he said that I had this, uh, like, lone wolf personality. Oh, yeah. In elementary school, where I was like, I'll just hang out with whoever's there. We were trying to get our friend Laura on the show for this episode about friendship as well. And the one thing she sent me in the text message, she said that, I mean, she couldn't make it. She had to work tonight. Um, But she said, oh, yeah, we can talk about how Jonathan chased girls all around on the playground. That's probably something I did. Well, yeah, it sounds like it. Definitely not concerned what anybody thought of you. No, not really. But it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny thinking back. I think we we really started to become friends around like fourth grade, even though we had hung out for like two years. Yeah, I think it's because we were in after school kids club. Yeah. Together. Yeah, there was a Bible study kind of thing on Fridays that we had to hang out at. Yeah. But I also think in fourth grade, we were in the same class for like the first time in like forever Susoff's class. That's the only time we've ever been in the same class. You get, yeah, you'd get yelled at for reading under the desk. I loved reading. Makes so no much. sense. I don't know why she was yelling at you for reading. Because I was reading when we were supposed to be doing something else. That class was so dumb. <laughs> that was one of the like our desks had little compartments in them. Like right? normal ele- elementary yeah, school desks. You, well, I don't know about it anymore. I feel like elementary school desks probably look more like Google's headquarters today than... No, they look the same. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, you slide your stuff in there. I remember I made a bunch of toys out of... You know what I did, Jonathan? <laughs> you made them out of erasers, right? <laughs> yeah. I would erase so much and then start mashing the... The, the, the middle of the, the eraser. Like the, the burnt rubber into a mush. Yeah. And I created like a putty out of the eraser. I don't know why I remember this. But it, it, it was disgusting. Yeah, it was. And But then I could, you know, piece together bits of pencils and make little figures and stuff. Uh-huh. So that, that's what I did. There was nothing else better to do in that class. Yeah. What a waste of time. Um, but yeah, we, we, we became better friends um, after I think I, I began to realize more and more that the popular kids didn't really care about me. And yeah. 
none of them hung out with me. And Jonathan was like the only one I really did hang out with outside of school. Yeah. And so that quality time, I think, just made us draw closer together. And we had a lot of common interests, you know, video games, Legos, and Nerf guns. Nerf guns, playing outside with Nerf guns and stuff. And, and like uh, in the following years when we started skateboarding, and do you remember when we all ripsticked around? Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. like had these common outdoor fun activities that we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was huge to, to helping our friendship grow. And we didn't live too far away from each other. <laughs> too which kind of helped yeah um we weren't super close but still i mean like i could ride my bike to your house you could walk yeah like that but i used to ride my bike over yeah yeah we did that a lot i remember you'd always tell me which way was faster because there's like two different routes you could go you have to be optimal right or left and i would always say that one way was quicker than the other we'd race each other back and forth to each other's houses yeah it was a good time yeah, so I mean, I think our friendship continued to grow, and and it's honestly like pure luck that we kind of stayed in around the same area because I think that definitely helps. You know, friends that go off to school like Cameron, he went away to San Francisco, which is not too far compared to where we are in San Jose, but that really threw a, a road bump in our friendship. Yeah, it's um, tough. It's different when you're like far away from each other. But Jonathan has always been close by. He went to West Valley with me uh, for a little bit. Not not the first year you went to state, but now we're both back at state. Yeah. I had a complicated school path. That's okay. I think most <laughs> I think most people do. I honestly feel like personally I got lucky because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and then I went to community college. That's what lot. I wish I did. Dude, you know what? I got to be honest, Jonathan. This is one of the cockiest things I stand by. People used like seriously questioned. Yeah, my my thought process of going to community college. No, you're right. People were like Isaac. You don't have any. You're going to be a failure. You don't have a community college. You don't have any ambition, you know? Okay, well, listen to me here now, all right? I'm graduating soon from San Jose State this spring, and I went to community college. Big whoop. I saved money, right? And so, like, it's just interesting. And and it's nothing against you, Jonathan, because I think you were figuring it out a lot, and you had a lot thrown at you, because your parents made you you live on campus for the first year. I got... um, I thought I wanted to do engineering and I don't anymore, but I got into this program that paid for like half of my tuition every semester, Mm -hmm. um, with a scholarship thing. And it also had a bunch of people living on campus together, like in the same area. So it was like you and all the people in your major who are also freshmen all lived on the same place. Mm -hmm. So it was a good program if you really wanted to do engineering. Turns out I didn't want to. And that's why I wish I went to community college because like, even if you think you know what you want to do, like you got to still figure out like if you actually want to do that because you don't, people might tell you, oh, like engineering is like this or business is like this or music is like this. And then you go and you go there and you experience it and it's different. Yeah. Um. So you still kind of have to go figure out if that's actually what you want to do. And you also might find something entirely different that you really want to do more than what you wanted to do before. Yeah, I think what's crazy about econ <laughs> for me is that I like didn't know anything about it till I went to community college. Yeah. And I took I was forced to take two classes for it and I was like this is it. Like I love this. Like this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I think it's funny cuz I'll tell people a lot a lot of people consider and and I don't mean this in a negative way if you're a business major, but a lot of people consider econ as a business major. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, so what do you want to do with that? Like, what do you really like? Like, because obviously you can't like economics, right? Obviously, like I that, like economics. that just sounds boring 
to like the average person. They're like economics, business, accounting, all the same thing. Like those yeah. three things lumped together. And for me, it's like, no, you don't understand. Like economics is fascinating. Like to me, the science, the dismal science is just incredible. And you can, you can say that I'm wrong. All right, but might I add something? There's this game on Steam that's blowing up right now that I had to study. Okay, it's driving me nuts. It's not that big, but it's this free-to-play game called Split or Steal. Okay, do you know oh, what this is? It's I the, know this game. It's the Prisoner's Dilemma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I learned about this in my philosophy's class. Essentially, it's an overglorified game where two individuals are set in a room, and they are given a big pile of cash, and mm-hmm. they're cho- they have two options: to split or steal. If they both split. They split the money. Uh-huh. If one of them steals and the other one splits, the person who steals gets all the money. And if, if they, they both steal, steal they neither get, get anything. Yeah. So they're given two minutes of diplomacy to essentially argue with each other who gets the money over. Have you seen what. the video of the guy who beat it? Gold. There is a show in the UK that was on called Golden Balls or the Golden Egg yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that, where the final round was this game. Yeah. And there's great clips on YouTube of it. That show was shown in my econ classes. Yeah. And we had to basically analyze what the prisoner's dilemma is. It's all game theory. And so like I was listening to a podcast the other morning on giant or the giant bomb podcast. They were talking about how this game is so fascinating. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to throw up, dude. This is my econ homework, you know, like, yeah. And, but I love it. Right. Like, it's like, this is so interesting. I got to check out the game. Right. Well, The, in my philosophy class, the, the prisoner's dilemma comes up when you change from, um, game, uh, from a cooperation game to a competition game. I so don't, I don't so know what if, that means really. So but. if you um like we 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 looked at traffic. Right. And the reason that traffic is there is cuz traffic and driving is a competition game. Yeah. Where it's important for you to get where you're going first. Right. And you don't care about anybody else on the road in general. Right. Um so you're going to take the move that gets you closer to your destination faster. Now, if you got to your destination 5 minutes slower, but the average time of everybody went like got there faster, it wouldn't matter because you would get there slower. But if you go into a cooperation game where your goal is to get everyone there faster, then there wouldn't be as much traffic. Jonathan, you know, this this reminds me, you're one of the friends that has relieved me of the pain of traffic. I remember I asked you this. I said, why does traffic exist? Do you remember this? Yeah. I was getting so frustrated. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, like you'll be in a patch of freeway. Yeah. Everybody's stopped. And then eventually everyone just starts going again. It's and a traffic it, snake. Yes. And Jonathan sent me this article, this long article explaining the science behind it. That's just who you are, dude. You're like, no, I have a perfect explanation for why. It's this the traffic exists. snake. It's, you know, if you want to look into it, look into it. But just we're not going to waste Just look time. up the traffic snake. Yeah, it'll, it'll tell you everything you need to know. It makes me so frustrated with yeah, people. Me too. Traffic around here is terrible. Yes. Nevertheless, we keep getting off off target, yeah. but that's okay. I think, <laughs> needless to say, you know, through middle school and even through high school, Jonathan, our friendship continued to grow, and we kept spending time together. Like, what I what I enjoyed about being your friend is that it was, even though we were in school together. We were never friends because we were in school together. Right. You know what I mean? Like we were friends because we were friends outside of school. And even though it didn't start that way, like we were forced friends at first. Yeah. Right. Like it came to the point where on Fridays when we would finally have the weekend off, we would, we would go and hang out with each other and sit 
in your garage and play video games and do nothing, right? Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah, just hours on that CRT, <laughs> that crappy CRT freezing to death in lawn chairs in the middle of your garage. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh my gosh, finally we're out of school. You know, like finally we could just hang out and do nothing. For sure. And eat a bunch of horrible food for us and stuff. Good time. Yeah, what happened to that food, Jonathan? It packed on to me, but for you, you're like still skinny. I'm riding my bike to school. I guess so. Maybe I got to start <laughs> riding my bike. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, I do have car trouble. Who knows? It might be my last option. Got to ride your right? bike. That's what happened to me. My car broke. I fixed my bike, started riding it to school. I think where I'm surprised, Jonathan, is that like <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind that you're one of like you're one of my best friends for sure. Yeah. And that's why I think it's funny having you on the show because Cameron is like one of my best friends as well. And you guys are different, but you're also similar in some ways yeah and like i just i and i was telling you this before the show you're just one of those guys that's like even if we don't spend time with each other Mm -hmm. it's not weird like when we hang out with each other after a while because we already put in the time yeah i i mean maybe that's it and i hope that doesn't change you know you can't be sure right if we move in different directions you're out doing something different but i I, like i just have this gut feeling i don't think anything is going to change about it you know yeah because we had put in all that time and we we have the history of actually just you know what i you know what it is it's like a friendship that's like not how do I say this? It's a friendship that is so like, oh, what a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I hang out with you, it's not work. It's like, okay, like I can just finally relax for a second. Because there's definitely those people that you go and you're like, oh, I have to go talk to this person. Yeah. And you're like, this this conversation is going to leave me exhausted. Exactly. Yeah. And so like being friends with you, <laughs> I was like, man, like. I don't know. It's like just such a good solid friendship. And so the question that I had to you is thinking about like elementary school friendship and all that. Like, what about all the other friends that didn't make it, you know? Yeah. And cause there's not a lot of people that have childhood friends. And even when people have childhood friends, there's usually only like one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one or two. Yeah. There's only like a couple. And I yeah. would say in our friend group, like, you know, we tried to get Laura on the show. To be honest, like, like Laura's awesome, but I didn't really know her till, like, high school. Yeah, you know, same. Like, we didn't really start actually hanging out till high school. And David went to a different school in middle school. So yeah. it's like we didn't get to see him as much, although you got to see him more because of scouts. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. When I think back about my childhood friends, there's one I can think of besides you and the ones that I just mentioned. There's Riley, who lives literally two houses down from me. Yeah. Probably he's there right now. I haven't talked to him since second grade. Yeah. Like, what happened? You know? We just stopped hanging out one day. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. So, I have a couple theories about why people stay friends and why friends disappear from your life and uh how making new friends is hard um and i think it all just comes back to time Mm. like because we're still friends even though we don't hang out all that often and we can just like link right back up where we left and um it doesn't have to be like oh hey remember that time back in whenever and like 
because you have friendships like that where like your friendship is only tied to because you had a three-year friendship period in the past yeah yeah and you like get together and all you talk about is how it used to be yeah like um i think that you have to put in the time and it has to be real time as well well, yeah. And I think if, you know, you listen to this podcast a lot, I'll invite different friends on and that's usually how we talk, but it's because it's a show. You yeah. Know? Like one of, and, and this is a great example. My friend Bob, who's been on the show twice, you know, he, I've known him since fourth grade, didn't like him till like middle school. So we didn't actually start spending quality time till probably like my eighth grade year of middle school. Yeah. Together. I remember meeting him seventh grade. Yeah. And, and so we were hanging, we, we kind of knew each other, but then we started hanging out for quality time. Bob was one of those friends where it's like, we knew each other for six years and then everything was about like the past. And yeah. just recently, actually, when he, when he's been on the show, Bob has always been like, remember that time? Remember that time? And I don't think that's going to change for him. No. But what has changed is that the past is starting like he's starting to look have like more of a futuristic mindset yeah and it's interesting to have been friends with him like during a time where everything was oh remember oh remember oh remember because that's how he was in high school he said he hated middle school when we were in middle school then in high school he's like oh remember all those funny times in middle school yeah and then we got out of high school which he hated (laughs) and then he was like oh remember all those funny times in high school and middle school and it's like dude shut up you know, <laughs> but now that I've, we love you, Bob. yeah, now that I've been friends with him, like even outside, it's like, we have memories of West Valley too. And even that he's gone, like, cause he's away in San Diego. We, when he comes up to hang out, we put in that time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, it's sure. There's still the remember, remember, but we've already created like a new culture. Of like mm-hmm. hanging out. Every time he comes back, we go to Safeway for some reason at an absurd hour of the night. Like Safeway is like always open. Like for some eleven reason. p.m. at night. Like I don't know who. No one's in Safeway. There's some weird stuff happening. Yeah, like, for Bob sure. and I have so much fun doing nothing in Safeway at yeah. eleven. And I'm sure pe- people think we're crazy, but I. Well, who cares? Yeah, you know, I, exactly. We gotta look for that Seven Up cake. I don't know why Bob's obsessed with Seven Up cake. I don't no, even know what Seven exactly, Up exactly, dude. Exactly. We couldn't find it. I couldn't find it for like, for a while I thought it was a myth. And then we finally found some. Yeah. I found one in the back and I said, Bob, dude, I found one. I can't believe it. You know? Yeah. And I bought it and the guy who rung me up was like, what is this? I've never even seen this before. And I was like, dude, I don't know, but I found it, you know? So anyways, now we have our own like new memories quest for the seven up cake and Pokemon go late at night. Getting yelled at by security oh, guards. Pokemon. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's interesting how I've watched a friend who was like that. Mm-hmm. Because we've continued to put in the time, like we're creating newer good times. Like there's a new culture with it, you know? Because if I, like, to be honest with you, Jonathan, if I continue to be friends and I didn't, friends with Bob and I didn't sort of push us to go do different things although we don't really do that many different things we still sit around and play video games yeah right and that's sort of like nostalgic for us Mm -hmm. but if we didn't make something new of it i don't think our friendship would continue to grow the way that it has right yeah and i think it's been positive so i like what you're saying about time but also working with a friend to make new things right to make new memories because i uh Cause that's the part that's the effort. Yeah. Like, um, high school friends are a good example and there's probably a good chunk 
of the listeners who are done with high school. Yeah. Um, and uh, don't really have any connection with most of the people they knew in high school. Um, <clears throat> like, because you put in a lot of time with people in high school and you, you spend a lot of time together and you're in class and you're on campus and um, you're having a good time in whatever classes you're taking and group projects and such. But I don't think that's like real time because you're only there because you're at school. Like, uh, I remember in junior year, uh, I had English class with like three new people that became my friends. And then I also had Spanish senior year with those same people. Mm -hmm. And so like, I had this like new group of friends that were my, that I had in class. And then I had, I, oh, oh, no, it was sophomore English, junior Spanish, and then senior English again, the same three people. Yeah. Uh, McKenna, Brennan, and Marcus. You uh, probably don't remember them. Yeah, I don't know any of those. Anyways, uh, they were like new people that I got to know, um, and we just never hung out really outside of school. Yeah. Um, and so like I'm Instagram friends with them. Yeah. And that's about it. Because right. like we didn't put in that time outside of school to get to know each other better or hang out all that much. And, um, and I think that's like, that's okay. Yeah. That should be fine. Like I'm okay with that because they're all doing their own different things. Like I remember Marcus played like volleyball a whole bunch and I really, I wasn't into volleyball and, uh, like McKenna did cheerleading and now she's doing like rowing in college and Mm. like, I wasn't into either of those things yeah, or like knew anything about them. So like we didn't have too much in common, but we were good friends at school and like we hung out and had a good time. It's interesting what social media does because you get like the snapshots of like people's progress. Yeah. I don't know if it's a positive or a negative because it's usually the best foot forward from Mm -hmm. a lot of individuals. Yeah. And I I just haven't been posting that much on my Instagram. (laughs) I don't know what I don't know what to post. Cause I just, I'm confused about it. Like, it's like, okay, I can either kind of post garbage, which is fun to me, or I can post things that like show how I've changed over the years. Right. Yeah. Images of me. Most of the time I'll just post about my girlfriend cause I care about her. Yeah. That's what and, I do. and for me, it's like, you know, if she wants me to post about her, that's like, usually she doesn't ask, but it means a lot to her. And yeah. so for me, it's like, whatever if that's what if that's what the platform is that's what it is right yeah um it's just it's such a it's an odd thing right Mm -hmm. um yeah but i think like friendships coming and going is just something that happens with time and place and where you are in life and what your need for friendship is because like I remember when I first went to San Jose state and I was living in the dorms. Um, I did that, uh, my senior year in high school, I didn't have too many close friends. Like I had you as a close friend, um, Isaac, but we had differing off periods. We did. Yeah, so I had like the last period of the day on B days off and you had the last period of the day on oh, A days yeah. off. And so we never hung out. But my senior year, that changed. I got every 
and yeah. ABA off. And then I think I forget what happened. You that had was work. Like, you was, had work senior year. You started was, working. That was well, I, yeah. And I started working, and then we just never hung out. So like I remember senior year into college and moving away, even though it was just to downtown from here, which is not that far. It's like thirty minutes. Um, all of my other friends went away to college um, or like weren't going to San Jose State with me and I didn't have a car and I was down on campus by myself and I just like had just this isolated bro I just had this need for friends yeah um, and like I, my roommate Jose was from Michigan and I shout out to Jose who doesn't listen to this um, <laughs> <It's> okay <laughs> but uh, Jose was super cool um, and then my other roommates, uh, were also pretty cool, um, that I got to know down there, but like I ran into a couple of them on campus the other day cause they're still at San Jose state. Yeah. Um, and we were like, Hey, how's it going? Like, I miss hanging out with you. We're like, yeah, I miss hanging out with you too. Like, do you have any time to hang out? No. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were like, it was great when we were hanging out because like we all needed our, our friends to be there. And now we're like in a different point and we have different friends and we don't have any more time space to build up a new set of friendships. Yeah. There, there's a lot of time invested in people. Right. And I think that's sure, so sure. valuable. I'm at a phase in my life where I'm maxed <laughs> out on time. Yeah. And it's so hard to convince people that I still care about them, even though I can't spend time with them. Yeah. And I think some people just think that I don't like, care. People I don't think, care. Think, people think you don't care. And that sucks. Cause it's just like, I have no more bandwidth for mm-hmm. instance, you know, there was this club that kept talking to me on campus, two different representatives, two different times. Yeah. And they said the same exact thing that I did each time. Like this guy would come up to me. He'd try to introduce me or he introduced himself. He'd tell me about his club and I listen, you know, okay, that's great. You know, that's yeah. great. You got a club. Cool. Come out. He's like, come out. You got to come out. And I was like, yeah, I can't like, you know, I can't. The second time some other representative came up to me, he was trying to give me the spiel and I was like, I remember everything. Yeah. Okay. Like you don't need to like spiel me. You don't like, he's like, well, this is the group. This is what we do. I said, I know what the group name is. Here are the times of all the events. I already know everything about it. You know, he's like, so you're going to, uh, he was like, do you want to, do you want to come and sit down with me for 30 minutes somewhere and talk about what the club is? And I said, dude, I I was like, are you serious? Like I said, this to his face. I'm like, are you serious right now? I was like, you want me to come sit down with you for 30 minutes so you can tell me about your club. I was like, you need to get a better pitch, dude. Like 30 minutes. I was like, are you like, I don't That's have time. So much time. I was like 30 minutes to pitch me your club. Come on, dude. It's a lot of time. And he, and he was like, uh, like he was like confused. I think that was just the script. Right. But yeah. I was just like, there's no way I have time for that. You know, like that's, that's just, that's nuts. And he seemed like a nice guy, you know? And I try to say, you know, it sounds great. Like I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, but it's I, like, then I'm having these experiences where you're right, Jonathan, it's like different phases of life. Mm-hmm. Right now we are in the hustle phase before getting the, jobs. Before getting jobs. And then hopefully we'll have more time, but I'm assuming not. We're not. There's like these phases, right? There's the hustle for the job, then you get the job and you're too busy. And Jonathan then and you I die. No. <laughs> then you like in some cases you get married or you have a girlfriend or a serious relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And that relationship takes up a massive chunk of your time, right? Now, you know, Jonathan. Well, I remember even back in high school, there was like specific people that would get a significant other. They would acquire this precious commodity. And uh, <laughs> and then they would just 
Vanish. Like you wouldn't talk to them for yeah. like two and a half months. They're just gone. They're that... just like, and now I used to think that people in relationships stopped caring about everybody else and they only cared about the person that they were dating. And then I got into my first serious relationship and I realized that the person that you're dating is always down to hang out. Oh, yeah. And so if you don't have anybody else to hang out with, you're just going to go hang out with your significant other. And then in some situations, you got to hang out with your significant other instead of the other friends that you want to hang out with. And luckily, I think, you know, <laughs> the the lady you're dating and the gal that I'm dating are super duper like relaxed about it. Like if I say, hey, I'm hanging out with Jonathan tonight, Jules will be like, that's totally cool. Yeah. Like she's pretty understanding about it. And I know that Liz is the same way. Right. So most of the time. Most of the time. Right. Sometimes duty calls. You know? Yes. You gotta you gotta spend time if with If you the haven't lady. been putting the hours in. Oh, duty calls. <laughs> Let me tell you. Like and the time's important for me too. Oh yeah. Like it's not just like they want to hang out. It's like I want to hang out and we haven't been. And mm-hmm. like, so let's hang out. And I noticed something for me too is that like <laughs> dating is a whole nother conversation, but as far as relationships go. There, and this applies to friendships, there are times where you hang out where it falls flat Mm -hmm. or it's like there's just, there's no ability. And then there are times where like you're hanging out and it kind of flows up to something good. For instance, Mm -hmm. this is an example. Tim, for as much crap as I give him and the fact that he was on the show last week, we hang out. He actually, I probably hang out with him more than most of my friends because Tim always lets me know when he's free and if I can hang out. He always invites me to do cool stuff. But when we, when I had him on the show... We hung out, we did the show, then we went out to get some food, and mm-hmm. then we got some drinks afterwards, but it took all that time for us to kind of start opening up about, like, what was going on with us. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe this is a male tendency, I don't know what it is, but, like, with Probably. my girlfriend, it takes forever for me, and even, it maybe takes a couple dates for me to actually, like, start talking about what's going on, because I don't even know, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's like having those times where you hang out with friends and it just falls flat, which is something that Cameron and I have experienced. I'm sure you and I have have experienced it. Yeah. But like that is okay. That does not mean the friendship is dead. Yeah. No, definitely you know? not. Yeah. I feel like, um, there are those friends where you have that time already built up. Yeah. And so you can just go hang out and like instantly just go into like talking about like, yo, this is what's been going on in my life. Right. It's a trash mess. Like, please, like, help me out when you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, like, certain friendships that maybe you haven't hung out with them in too long. And so you need, like, a good, like, four-hour yeah. meal, drive up into the hills, drive back down, like, car ride talk before you can get back to that level. Right. Like, yeah. um, and that just goes with putting in that time. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of different <laughs> interactions with people where you sit down to hang out with them and it's really awkward. Yeah. And I've noticed that like sometimes addressing that can be liberating, but also make it worse sometimes. Like I think I, it just makes it worse for me. For me, it doesn't. Like, I, I, I mean, speaking of Laura, right? I told her last time we hung out, I was like, listen... I know we don't talk that much anymore. You know, you got like stuff going on with you, you know, you got your boyfriend and all that stuff. And, and I, and I've, you know, we're just in completely different separate parts of our lives right now. Yeah. And I said, I know it's weird <laughs> hanging out with me. 
right? Like mm-hmm. it's just it's a throwback. It's it's just we haven't talked in forever. Mm-hmm. And I said, who like I was like we could we could just continue in the weirdness, or we could just say who cares? You know, like we're still friends. Yeah. You know? And when I said that to her, she was like, "You're totally right." You know, yeah. like, and it totally it changed the conversation, right? Like yeah. we got to start talking about whatever. And I haven't talked to her since trying to get her on this show, like in probably six months or something like that. Yeah. She's just busy. She's doing her own thing. Mm -hmm. Right. But we had already had the built foundation of being friends for so long that it had come to that point. And we talked about it. Cameron and I had the same interaction. Jonathan, I've never had that interaction with you just because, you know, (laughs) you're, you're always around and, and, I mean, who knows if that's something we got to talk about, let's not do it on the air, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying, right? Yeah. We'll take a nice long drive. We'll oh boy. Work out. Everything. No, none of that. None of that. <laughs> okay. So just to kind of wrap up, is there any other thoughts, Jonathan, you wrote down a question before the air that you were going to bring up. You're talking about quality time, um, allocation or, or the fading of friendships. Did we already pretty much cover everything? Um, well, I had the thing that I wrote down was because uh, we discussed this a little bit before we started. Yeah, like how do you deal with making new friends and letting old ones go in different phases of life? And I think we've we've covered that as we've talked about things. Um, and I just I've had some conversations with people about them and their friends, and like I just keep coming back to this time thing where, um, like. You don't, you can't be friends with everybody. You, yeah. you do not have enough time to put in the time to become friends with everybody. You can be like school friends or work friends or whatever, friends with people. Um, but you just don't have enough time to be good friends or friends with everybody. And I think the term friends has changed, but that's a different, whatever, um, different issue. Uh, so like if you want to be friends with somebody, you have to put in the time yeah, to be friends with that person. And maybe that person is like you and they're maxed out with their time. They don't have time to add another friend to their life at this moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's like difficult when you want to be friends with someone new that you've met and they just don't have the time for you. Yeah. And so you can't be friends with them. It doesn't mean you can never be friends with them. Or, uh, and then there's another type of person like me when I went away to college where I had no friends. So all of my friendship time was open and I needed to add as many people as I could to that. Right. Yeah. To like build up my support network and have friends. And so there's different types of people and you just have to figure out who you can be friends with. I think that most people have experienced those different ends of the spectrum. (laughs) Right. And it's funny being some, like currently I'm at the maxed out position. Right. Yeah. Which sucks because I am a people person. I really do like spending time with people. Yeah. Um, and I've I've met some people recently that are like in that full friend mode. Like mm-hmm. I am trying to fill my network. And it just sucks because it's like I really like talking to them in person. Like yeah. I really love to just. Like they'd be great people to have as your friend. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like I just, I can't. I, I'm, yeah. I just can't right now, you know. And, and it makes you feel bad. It makes you feel horrible. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this is just like a a uh, diffusal of built up regret or something like that mm-hmm. in my own personal life. But 
I think there's like a hope at, at some point that maybe my schedule will clear up. Yeah. I'm just warning you. If you're listening to this podcast and you know me personally, by the time I retire, I'll probably hit you up because I'm going to have a <laughs> lot of free time. I'm going to have a lot of free time to annoy the crap out of people. Yeah. There's something I want to mention too, like keeping some <laughs> friendships open, even though it might be weird. Yeah. I think is still valuable. Here's an example. On my birthday, uh, just a few weeks ago, I reached out to my friend, Stefan Campbell, who I hadn't talked to in like two years. Oh yeah. I know Stefan. And I ran into someone that roomed with him and he was working at a coffee shop. His name is Cody. And I ran into Cody and he, and I was like, shoot dude, like how's Stefan? Like what the heck? Like I haven't, I haven't, I've barely talked to you. I kind of know you. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm wondering about Stefan. He's like, Oh, he's good. You know, like he's doing this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send him an Instagram message. Like, yeah, whatever. He has a cool Instagram. Yeah. He's, he's a total chill guy. (laughs) And he called me like 30 minutes later, like on my phone. And he was like, dude, what the heck? Like you haven't talked to me in forever. Like, how are you? You know? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm good. I was just thinking about you and I'm hope, I hope you're doing well. And I could tell that meant a lot to him, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so like, I think what I'm trying to get at is even if you're maxed out like me, taking the small effort for different things is like, is still worth it. And I have to tell myself that because if I, if I don't put in the extra time to like reach out to people I haven't talked to in a long time, yeah, it makes me feel terrible. Yeah. And I'm sure there are some people that are listening to the show. Heck, even our executive producer, Darren, I don't text him enough. Uh, and he supports this show financially. So, you know, yeah. Darren, you know, Darren's you, can, great. You, can, you can put your words where, you, where your money goes, man. You can hit me up anytime. He knows that too, but he's just too chill. Yeah. He gets it that I'm busy, but yeah. um, nevertheless, right. Even if, even for the people who are on the maxed out end of their schedule and stuff, mm-hmm. like unless you hate people, right reaching out to some people in a small way can go a long way. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I think it's also like, um, if you've been good friends with somebody, like, you know that you like hanging out with that person. Oh yeah. And they're like, otherwise you wouldn't have become friends with them in the first place. So even if you have like fallen out of your friendship a little bit and you're not as good of friends now and you haven't talked to them in a while, like, if you have some time, you know that person's cool to hang out. Yeah. So you can just like hit them up and be like, hey, I still remember you. I had fun hanging out before. Like you want to see, like you can still be like, hey, I remember we, we used to be friends. It was a good time. Like maybe you don't say it like that because that's really weird. You can just be like, hey, wondering how you're doing. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about you. I think the funniest story I have about this is there was this guy I met named <laughs> Andrew who was a counselor at a uh, high schooler um, <laughs> lake called Hume Lake. He was a counselor for a second cabin. He was working at a church down in L.A. Mm-hmm. And Andrew and his high school boys that he was in charge of yeah. roomed right next to me uh, with my guys that I was in charge of. Andrew and I knew each other for seven days, okay? Not very long. I mean... But... Hume Lake seven days. Is... Hume Lake seven days is an eternity. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep the chaos. There was like some prank oh, war chaos. happening. So, uh, and it was Andrew's first time counseling as well. Yeah, but there was something about it where I was like, dude, you know, 
it's been real. Uh, it's been awesome. Like, let's stay connected somehow. I'll probably never see you, but like, just know, like, it's always chill. Yeah. And then about seven months later, I had to go to a church conference um, mm-hmm. down in Irvine. And I just had this gut feeling. I was like, text, text that guy. No, I didn't text him. Oh, I was okay. like, I just, you know, I know he isn't, his church isn't in Irvine, but it's in such a close location. I just have a feeling I'm going to see this guy, Andrew. I haven't talked to him in like eight months. Okay. Well, and if you know anything about like church networking, everybody knows everybody and you see them all over the place. Uh, you're not even going to believe it, Jonathan. You, you know, you say you don't believe in miracles. Let me tell you. I walk into the front doors of this conference, huge auditorium. Who yeah. do I see? Standing right in front of me, handing out pamphlets. As oh, he a was worker. working at the he event. He was working oh, the event. No. He's standing there handing out pamphlets. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, this guy standing right here. And now we're I was like, Andrew, dude, like, what the <laughs> heck? And he was like, man, I was thinking about you the other day. Like, this is crazy, right? And so then we got lunch and our lunch was basically like, it doesn't matter. Like we didn't, we spent some time together. I probably won't see you again for another two years or whatever it's going to be. But we had like a great conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was like, like that's a good friendship. So like there are still opportunities for friendship, like open-ended friendship where it's like, you don't have to put in all that time. Yeah. Where it's like, you can still be friends I, I think this only really happens with people who are just really like authentic. You yeah, know what I mean? for sure. Like they're just pretty real up front. Yeah. Where it's like you, they're not hiding anything. There's not much to know. <laughs> they just are who they are. And you learn that and you're mm-hmm. like, sweet. Yeah. You know, so, so, so for someone like Andrew, I was like, well, we had that click and then running into him, it was like nothing had changed. Yeah. And I, I think that's rare, but like it was, it was huge. It's like, yeah. You know? And I, I, I feel like people try and force their friendships. As well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, you just have to realize that your friendship is going to be what it is. Like, it's going to be seven days and then maybe I'll see you in a year. Yep. And then other friendships are going to be longer and you have to just be okay with that because forcing friendships, I think, is a Can, real way to make the person you're trying to force to be your friend not want to be your friend. That's why, Jonathan, if I ever meet a celebrity, I'm just not going to give a crap about them. Okay. <laughs> Hey, what's up? Nice to see you. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have a feeling like there's only a few people that I could actually feel threatened by. Like if I was in front of a celebrity presence, I mean, I don't know. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, dang, I'm in front of a celebrity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I've just been in awe of this whole podcast. Oh my gosh, dude. Being like, very careful with my My favorite words. podcast is Everything Comes From Something. It's such a good show. Okay. Dude, you guys have no idea. It's been the dream experience meeting Isaac Ransom today. <laughs> People make fun of me constantly about my podcast, you know. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel like I've done something with my life. That's pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. They have something to make fun of you about. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's what I'll do. Next time they make fun of me, Jonathan, I'll say, Yeah, well, what can I make fun of you about? Nothing. You haven't done anything. They'll just break down, start crying, you know. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I want you want to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Please be my friend. I don't have any time for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jonathan, I hope I'm not turning too much into an a-hole. I hope not. If I am, you know, you'll be the one to slap me up. Yeah. Keep keep you in line. This is the truth about Jonathan Adam. 
not only are you pretty decent on a podcast for the first time. Oh, but well, thank I, I want to reiterate, super consistent guy. Like Jonathan, I know if I ever hit rock bottom, you'll probably come to hit me in the head to get me up. Yeah. And you can't say that about many people. So yeah. thanks for being a good friend for sure. I have a funny story. You want to close with it? Sure. Let's do it. Uh, so one of our close mutual friends, uh, Senor Beacon or Travis Cook. Oh, um, <clears throat> a horrible name. I don't think I've ever heard hear, heard anybody <laughs> say that about him. His name is Beacon. Um, that's what that's what his old nickname used to be. Because um, <clears throat> uh, never mind. Uh, anyways, <laughs> never like mind. about like like having your friends come and help you out. Yeah, yeah. kind of story. So like uh, we were all we both went and uh, we we're hanging out late in our cars after driving around because that's what we did. Um, and there was like a couple of friends around with us and I went to take some people home in my car and he stayed and we were just like listening to music and I was like, Hey Travis, just make sure your battery doesn't die. Cause I'm going to leave and then I can't jumpstart your car. And he's like, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I drive home and I drop off some people and then I go to sleep at like probably 1230. And then I get a call from Travis at like one thirty-five, and it wakes <laughs> me up and he's like, Hey, my battery died. Can you come jump my car? <laughs> and so I go and I drive back over to where we were and I go to jumpstart his car and then I come home. Oh, must and be I great. I still give him so much crap about it. Must be great to be a good friend, Jonathan. <laughs> must be great. What you're saying is good friendship is slavery or something. Is good, that what you're saying? Good friendship is giving your friends crap for when you had to go and help them out. It's true. It's true. (laughs) And with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please don't give me any more crap for this podcast, uh, even though I fully deserve it. So I guess the gun range is open. But nevertheless, Jonathan, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for filling in for, uh, you know, some other friend who will not be named uh, that, you know, it's just busy, uh, which is stupid. You know, don't have time. I just... Gosh, what am I going to do with that kid? Speaking of time. Cameron, yeah. Speaking of time, yeah, let's end this. It's time. Everything Comes From Something is a fully fan-funded podcast that happens because of listeners like you. And a huge shout-out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you for supporting the show. I know I've been saying that part for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, but seriously... You guys have been a huge blessing for making sure this podcast continues to go. Remember, if you want to support the show just like they do, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS podcast, throw a couple dollars away, get a couple benefits. Remember, all the benefits, if you're a Patreon, are done through Patreon. Patreon Messenger, yes, you can just shoot us a message right there and boom, we'll see it, we'll put it on air. Um, that's, that's how it works. Take advantage of those. Again, if you don't have money, totally cool. I know. I'm a broke college kid. I get it. You can just tell friends and family. Spread the word about the show. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. It's a little different. Maybe someone, uh, some of the people or your friends will like it. And you can always give us a rating on iTunes. That seriously helps. Again, we thank you guys for all the support that you give us. We love you, and we will see you next week.